Good evening, everyone. It's good to be here tonight. Last week we had Wednesday off and, uh, and all our activities for the 4th of July. Today we take a look at Psalm 60, excuse me, Psalm 30. Would you turn there with me, Psalm 30? I want to read the first five verses. Follow along with me as I read. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. The psalm, like many of the psalms, is, is speaking the emotion of the redeemed. And I want to just take you through this so that you can relate to the, this experience. We'll see how broad this experience is in the life of every redeemed person. Since we're studying through Esther, I think about Esther, the story of Esther, as I go through this psalm. Because the story of Esther is one of the stories that relates to the redeemed. We're threatened by an enemy. An enemy wants to totally destroy us, annihilate us. God steps in in his miraculous, his own way, and he saves and he delivers his people. That's the story of the redeemed. The story with the Lord Jesus Christ comes like this. As, a, as human beings, as mankind, we are threatened by an enemy who wants to destroy us. The enemy has a face and a name. His name is Satan, the devil. He has many uh, ways and, and, and modes that he, he comes at us to destroy us. We're living through some of that now. Sickness, discouragement, the, the effects of sin in our life. Sometimes just being tired uh, to, to, to discourage us. Um, and so he wants to take us out. He wants to destroy us, but God sends a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who redeems us from death and from hell, from the judgment of sin that takes its physical effect on us, on our bodies, and the judgment of sin that is eternal has that effect on our spirit or on our soul, our eternity. Look at this psalm again. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up. In the um, Sunday school class, our, one of our classes was, was going through Jonah. You have drawn me up. <laughs> you can picture Jonah running from the Lord, jumping into the sea, and God uses a fish to draw him up. You have drawn me up. And have not let my foes rejoice over me. I think of Mordecai in the story of Esther, how how Haman, the evil one, remember the music, right? Dun, dun, dun. Haman uh, wants to destroy all of God's people, and God doesn't let it. Look at the end of verse 1. You ha and have not let my foes rejoice over me. 
I think of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan uses the Jewish leaders to try to end Christ's ministry and his life and try to defeat him, but God did not let it happen. What did he do? It says here, you have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help. Now, this is why we're here tonight, to cry out to the Lord, to pray to God. When we pray, it's like a cry. In what ways is it like a cry? One is desperation. We know we need help. And the one that we cry to, the Lord who we pray to, is the one that can help us. And so we come and we cry. Also, it's like a cry because it's full of emotion. In other words, our whole self is in it, all right? So if we pray like in a lackadaisical way, you probably don't realize how much trouble you're actually in, you know? When you're in real trouble, you don't say, uh, excuse me, um, I don't want to bother you, but can you help me? <laughs> you say, help! You cry out to God. And so it's, some, it's an emotion that involves all of us. I cry out to you for help. And what? God responds, you have healed me. You, brought, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. This is true physically in many areas of our lives, that if sin had its way on us, we'd be no more. Our life will be over. And in fact, sin is, is taking its toll on our lives. The older we get, we see more and more the effect of that. And uh, we re recognize that we need something from God. We need life. We need restoration. He says, you restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Now, like verse 4 and 5 is this. Verse 4 is saying this. This is why you sing. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. We sing because we have a God who hears our prayer and has answered our prayer in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So both our physical trouble or our physical threat on our life is responded to and the eternal threat on our life is answered for. Jesus responds and, and is a solution for both of those. Whatever your concern is tonight, you know, you need to know that we go to God who already has looked out for, um, looked on our condition and has an answer to our great need, both the physical need and the spiritual need. Verse 5, for his anger is but for a moment and his favor is for a lifetime. That expression of anger seems like... Um, you know, sometimes um, we, uh, things aren't going well with us and we kind of think of it as if, if God is angry. Um, he's not angry with his people, but we do live under the effects of sin. And we wait for God to deliver us. And that deliverance is coming and he expresses it this way. His favor is for a lifetime. When he, when he does deliver us, that's eternally. Weeping may tarry for the night. I used to hear old timers say this, and, and many songs express that. Well, here's where it comes from. Weeping may tarry for, for the night, but joy comes with the morning. 
this is a glorious expression of the experience of the redeemed. There are nights that we have in our lives where we cry, where we're going through suffering, where we're going through trials, we're going through hardships. Today, you might be in one of those nights. I don't know all that's going on in your situation. But here's our hope. We have it for a short time, and it seems like night. But it says, joy comes with the morning. I remember um, when I first went to college, um, I stayed up all night one night just talking with my friends. We were just talking. to, And before you know it, it started getting light outside. And, and it's, it's one of those things where it's hard to, um, to put a finger on exactly. All of a sudden, it was dark. It was night. And now, wow, it's bright outside. It's light outside. And that experience is, um, is, is an awesome experience. It's the experience of the redeemed. It seems like our troubles have no end. They're going to last forever. They're, we can't get out of it. And then all of a sudden, God is doing his work, and the sun comes up, and boom, it's bright outside. He reminds us that this life is like that. The, the troubles that we go through here are temporary, and we have eternity of the sun coming up and, and, and literally seeing brighter days. And so... Each, each morning is a reminder for us of, of God's newness, of God's goodness, of God's restoration, of God's deliverance and his salvation. And so that trouble that seemed to be in the night, God is going to change that and bring new life and, and, and resolution to, to, all, to all of our troubles. We look forward to that, and that gives us hope. So that's why we pray tonight. We cry out to the Lord with our hearts, with all emotion. We're going through real trouble, but we know that God delivers us from all of it, the physical and the spiritual. That's what Jesus provides. We don't have complete deliverance here now, but we know we will have it absolutely complete um, when he finishes our salvation. So it's hold on. Hold on in the night. Hold on, the morning is coming, the dawn is breaking, the sun is coming up, and when it comes, we won't miss it, and soon we'll forget the troubles that we experience in, the, in that night. And that night is our lifetime, how long it is. We'll forget how tough, how difficult that was, and we'll look to God's deliverance. So as we pray tonight, let's keep that in mind. Good evening, saints for our meditation. I've been inspired by Sunday School when we've been reviewing books of the Bible. I notice a lot of people raise their hands when they say, who's ever read this book? Who's ever never read this book? And so the thing about this is maybe you'll hear something you haven't heard before. But I think rather than hearing something you haven't heard before, I think there's some possibility of that. But I think what will happen is if you haven't really been into these books by meditating on them you'll hear the Holy Spirit speak in a different way you'll start to understand where the Gospels got some of their prophecies from you'll start to understand where we understood that the Holy Spirit was coming we'll start to understand God's big plan when you talk about the prophets what do they do 
they speak, thus saith the Lord. And so if you want to hear what God says, if you want to know what God the Father is like, you need to go to the prophets. If you want to know what God the Son is like, you look at the Gospels. If you want to know what God the Spirit is like, you look in Luke and Acts and all the books to the churches. So we can learn a lot about how the Father is and how he addresses us because the prophets give it to us strongly. Now one thing about the prophets, they don't hold back. So some of the things that they say, I really do believe that if you really do read through the prophets and you read through it rightly, some of it is PG-13. Some of it, it can even be as far as R. Um, because they use some real graphic imagery on some stuff. But we'll be circumspect when we talk about that in front of the children. But there is some stuff in there that's just direct. But you know what? That's life too, right? I always laugh at when church people be like, they hear a cuss and they be like, <gasps> they go to work every day and people saying the F word and people saying the S word and everything. So guess what? It's not that shot. All right. So let's get into the word of God. The word of the Lord came to Joel, the son of Pethiel. Hear this, you elders. Give ear, O inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it. Let your children tear their children and their children to another generation. What the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust ate, ate left, the hopping locust has eaten. What the hopping locust left, the destroying locust has eaten. Awake, you drunkards, and weep, and wail, all you drinkers of wine, because of the sweet wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up against my land, powerful and beyond number, its teeth are lion's teeth, and it has the fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste my vine and splintered my fig tree. It has stripped off their bark and thrown it down. Their branches are made white. Lament like a virgin wearing sackcloth for the bridegroom of her youth. The grain offering and the drink offering are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn, the ministers of the Lord. The fields are destroyed. The ground mourns because the grain is destroyed. The wine dries up. The oil languishes. Be ashamed, O tillers of the soil. Well, O vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. The vine dries up, the fig tree languishes, pomegranate, palm, and apple. All the trees of the field are dried up, and gladness dries up from the children of man. Put on sackcloth and lament, O priest. Well, O ministers of the altar, go in, pass a night in sackcloth, O ministers of my God because grain offering and drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land and the house of the Lord your God and crowd to the Lord. Alas for the day, the day of the Lord is near and as destruction from the Almighty it comes. Is not the food all cut off before your eyes, joy and gladness from the house of our God? The seed shrivels under the clods, the storehouses are desolate, the granaries are torn down because the grain has dried up. How the beasts groan. The herds of the cattle are perplexed because there is no pasture for them. Even the flocks of sheep suffer. To you, O Lord, I call. For fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness. And flame has burned all the trees of the field. Even the beasts of the field pant for you. Because the water brooks are dried up. And fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness. What is all that? 
Well, Joel is a prophet, but he's trying to tell them something. See, in this time, the people had suffered a big swarm of locusts that had came and destroyed all their crops. All of them. There wasn't nothing left. People knew they were going to starve. They knew they were not going to have enough left. They knew they had enough food for next week and that they had to last through this winter. And Joel is saying, this happened because we sinned. Furthermore, don't just look at this disaster. This disaster is merely an echo of the disaster to come that's called the day of the Lord. What's the day of the Lord? Judgment day is the best way to put it. Judgment day. Jesus is coming, but he's not going to have a smile on his face. Jesus is coming, but he ain't going to be a little boy. He's not going to be a baby. He's not going to be in a manger. He's going to come back on this white horse. He's going to have weapons. He's going to have an army behind him. And he's not going to be playing games. See, it's just like the passage that we went through in Luke 13. When we see bad things happen, it should remind us that God is judging this world. That doesn't mean that a person immediately did some sin and that led to the disaster that we saw, but rather disasters happen in general because of sin in general. You don't have to do anything directly evil to be judged because what? Guess what? We've already, all of us, have done enough to be judged. Every single one of us has already done enough to fulfill our judgment. We all deserve judgment from God. So when we see something happen to somebody, instead of being surprised, we should be like, man, I saw it coming. Because it's just an echo of what's to come. And we might lament and we might say, why did that kid have to die? Why did that police officer have to die? Why did this? But in the end, that's nothing compared to the judgment to come. The judgment and the sadness in the morning that we see now tell us that we have a world full of sin that will be judged and it's going to be even worse for those who fall into disaster now without relying on Christ Jesus today. All of us must suffer sadness. All of us. We all will have grandparents who will not live forever. We will all have parents who will not live forever. We will all have siblings who will not live forever. We might be the next one to go. We will all turn on the news and see bad things. But are we learning from that or are we trying to bury our heads in the sand? Joel is saying, if you see the corruption of the times, you should be seeing the echoes of God's judgment. Therefore, open your eyes. Don't just look and say, man, farm stocks are really going down. There was a swarm. No, say, if this is what God can do to one sector of this world, What's going to happen when he judges the whole world directly? What's going to happen when he takes all the wrath that he has and pours it out on this earth? What will mankind be? Where will we be? So when we see things happening, we should open our eyes. And Joel says we should repent. We should fast. Don't think it can't happen to you. Think it should happen to me. 
if it wasn't for the grace of God, that could be me. I think that all the time. I look at people and I'm like, man, you know what? If it wasn't God, and like God is literally withholding me from foolishness at that moment. And I think to myself, man, I'm barely saved. How are these people making it? And so we have to have a passion for the lost. We have to have a passion for our own repentance, don't we? Like it says in other scriptures, let's work out our repentance with fear and trembling. But we got to be humble. Don't be like, oh, Lord, I know I made it, but them. Be like, it's me. It's me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. They're like the kids' songs say, right? Not my mother, not my father, but it's me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. We're the ones that need it. Amen. Uh, just uh, to focus tonight, I want to pray for three things. Church visitors, for the last couple of weeks, we've had three ladies uh, from the Milwaukee Rescue Mission come into the church on their own, <coughs> excuse me, on the bus, set in Sunday school classes, and we go out, we go out uh, soul winning, and we, but we got people walking right in the church, you know what I mean? So. Let's pray for to evangelize the people that, that God brings in the doors. And they happen to sit in, in the Sunday school class. They were attentive. Uh, and so let's, let's just pray for that. So out, I call it outreach, church visitor outreach and evangelism. And I was at a FBFA conference years ago, and one pastor said, when they come in church, just kidnap them. Don't let them go. Because we're out in the streets trying to get them. They, they're walking right in the door. Uh, we've started a follow-up, and I want to thank God for Trine. She was just beaming. She had invited them, and they came on their own. So thank God for her. Thank God for Dale and uh, the men that we come. We got people. We have five or six people right in our church, you know. And uh, I want somebody to pray for, for that. I call it church visitor evangelism. <coughs> So can I get a volunteer to pray for that? <laughs> Don't flinch, because I call on you. And then we got some upcoming stuff. The, the uh, block party is two weeks away, two weeks from Saturday. Y'all know we can, listen, y'all know we can put some stuff out there, but let's face I don't know how good we are at planning. Okay, so before you know it, it'll be the block party. Nobody knows what we're doing yet. You know <laughs> So pray for that, okay? Uh, and then uh, for both camps coming up, that's, that's upcoming. And then I want to update the van. Uh, Ruby asked me about the van. The van is in my possession. I have three keys, and I have the paperwork that I'm trying to get, but we have to have we, uh, our, our uh, tax number. I have to have that paperwork so that we can get it transferred. Now, the lady said we can drive it. I don't want to put that temptation on us with her plates on it. She left them on. So I, I want it to be done decently and in order. 
And so uh, it purrs like a kitten. It's got some miles on it. It has to be cleaned up inside. So that's the update, because Ruby had asked about it. I think she saw the ladies catching the bus. And, and listen, we can offer them rides and, and that, too. So I want to pray for church visitors, evangelism, I call it, uh, and the church picnic. I'll up, I have the, the notes from the picnic. We planned it. Our part, our part in it is uh, cooked greens. They, they would kill us if Dwayne didn't make his greens. Uh, corn and spaghetti, you know, pan, that's what we offer. And then desserts, <coughs> uh, just so that we can be praying in, some, in water. And then I have what the other churches are bringing as well. But uh, I guess they changed the, the time again to 11.30. And then I'm gonna need some, some I'm gonna, I can do the corn and uh, Jackie volunteered to do the spaghetti, and Wayne will do the greens. Got to have them greens, man. <coughs> so let's pray for the upcoming stuff. So I got Beverly, who volunteered for the visitors' outreach? Ruby, you just volunteered. Uh, and then I'll pray for the I'll pray for the the upcoming events, the picnics, and and that, and the. Uh, paperwork for the van. Okay. For church visitors, outreach evangelists, you know, just reaching the people who come in our church. you know this group of believers that you have here Lord this is this is our core and Lord you know that each one of the people here have so many hats that they're wearing that the ministries that you call them to this group is most of the people doing all the work Lord but that's okay it's we're not we're not uh, overburdened but we would just pray that you will just strengthen us Lord and keep us as we do as we do this work that you've called us to do it takes dedication, Lord, in the Wednesday night group, the Sunday night group, the core group. And I guess we have about another group of people that's about half as much that we might add um, to this core group, Lord, because within this group, most of the ministries are going on. The preaching, the teaching, the singing, uh, the, the ministry work, the out front work, and even the work that's behind the scenes. So we pray, Lord, that you'll strengthen this group, and Lord, that you'll add to this group. Lord, that as visitors come in, that you will have them feel, and well, we know that the word is preached here. We know that the praise goes up here, and that people will see people living for you, Lord, and be attracted to you and uh, to this ministry. We pray for those, Lord, who aren't here tonight that would normally be here, and we pray for those who are in and out, Lord. We pray that you'll just allow them to know, Lord, that you know, it, it takes uh, it takes all of us. We are all part of the ministry, and it's going to take every part. So bless our upcoming events, Lord. Let us not get ministry burnout or whatever. We just praying for your strength that we might be able to do the task that you call us to do. It's outreach. It's meet. It's, it's uh, meeting the people, talking to the people, demonstrating the people your power in lives. So 
we pray as we uh, do the boys camp, the block party, and the girls jump rope camp, Lord, and the picnic, that you'll just be glorified in all that we do, for Christ's sake.